Welcome into episode 65 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Well, we're back. We're back to doing a, a podcast for a consecutive week for the first time in a while. So that's, that's nice. Crazy. I know. We take one week off and now you're like, wow, guys, it's been so like, long. Oh my gosh, back to back weeks with a podcast. This is <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, what we're going to talk about today, we'll talk about um, UCF's finances, which actually more people seem like excited when you put that out there on Twitter. I was like, oh my gosh, no one's going to want to hear about this. But I saw like, I think multiple people were like, oh yeah, please like talk about this. So we'll, we'll get into that. What's funny is I, before the Mission 12 stuff came out, what was it like a week ago? I said to you, I was like, I really want to do a finances podcast and talk yeah, you're about like, like, you're like just a short little section. Yeah. I was like, I want to, I said, let's do this. Let's do it as a second topic. Like I want to talk about like how UCF's financial situation heading into the big 12. Then like five days later, UCF was like, how, how would you feel if we gave you all of our information on our financial moves to the big 12? <laughs> and I was like, thanks UCF. Appreciate you guys. So yeah, there's yeah. a ton of information out there and it has kind of been like the talk on Twitter. So we will break it down here for you and talk about yeah. all of our hopes and dreams for UCF's money in the Big 12. Yeah, but first we want to give a shout out to UCF women's basketball. Heck of a season. Um, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about what we think of Coach Abe and how just we basically think the world of her. I legitimately think she's the best coach on campus. Um, and they I mean, they took it. They took it to UConn. And they were right there with them in the, in the second round. I mean, first of all, of course, they, they beat Florida on Saturday for their first ever NCAA tournament win. Um, in pretty dominant fashion. I mean, that game was pretty much never in doubt. And then they came out in the first quarter against UConn, and I think they had UConn on their heels a bit. And then a little bit of a ref show, and then just kind of things kind of d- devolved from there. Um, I think the, the most frustrating takeaway from that game was that UCF, I think what they ended up losing, by lost by four or five. I five forget points. what the finals – yeah, lost by five, and then – they like, I think it was one of their worst free throw shooting games of the year. They were just missing shots. They wouldn't have made. They were turning the ball over at an insane clip. It was just like a really, really poor game from them and, and a lot of uh, aspects, but they were still right there with UConn. So if they would have cleaned that up a little bit and played like they normally do, they probably would have won that game pretty handily. You know, UConn um, doesn't do close games. Like that's yeah. not a thing. And, and honestly, that was, I mean, they, um, you know, if they had lost that game, that would have been their first time not getting to the sweet 16 since 1993. <laughs> so I, you know, like I just for the it it's it's it sucks that that was the draw they got where they had to play UConn in the second round. But like this has been, and I'm curious if you agree. Like looking back on how it's over, this has been just one of my favorite UCF seasons ever, of like any it sport. Was very very enjoyable. It was really fun, and I don't have any ill feelings about the last game. I mean, the officiating was horrific, and I want to clarify. Like I'm not saying even like it was biased towards UConn because I don't think it was like there were a lot of stupid calls that went UCF's way too. It was just a really poorly officiated game. And I think the problem you run into is like, those are two teams that are not afraid to play defense. And I think sometimes, and this is sort of just the way basketball is, I'm not getting, I'm not going to philosophical, but like, it's like, you just really can't play defense anymore. Like it was so first, like I, there was a time for years and years where if you are stationary and raise your hands above your head and you remain stationary that that cannot be you committing a foul. A player can't <laughs> lean their arm into yours and shoot and that become a foul if you're stationary and your hands in the air. And that got called like for both teams, like probably 10 times throughout the game. Did and basically you, just any contact. It was did you watch Coach Abe's presser after the game? I saw a couple of quotes on Twitter, but I did not watch it. She talked specifically about there were she said of the three refs, two of them have never officiated uh, a game for one of these two teams' leagues. So like two of them had never officiated an AAC or a Big East game. So she said that they were just very clearly weren't used to this style of basketball. Both teams play physical, but both teams are very defensive and, and play that way. And it was just like, Oh, that's not how basketball works. Apparently according to those refs. I, so, I did not know that she could like talk about the refs. That's interesting, but yeah. She, well, yeah, that's I, think it. Kind I mean, of, she was asked about it a couple of times. I think even one of the question, one of the questions guy was like, I don't want to get you in trouble, but, and then like you'd ask the question, she'd mostly remain like pretty, pretty diplomatic about it but i think it was very clear that she was fresh as frustrated as everyone else was probably more so but she can't say it as like everyone else can but and i'm not even saying the results of the game is different if the officiating is better like i'm not trying to turn this into ucf loss thing because again there were like there were very stupid moments that went ucf's way like just ridiculous yeah. calls and the whole game of just watching i'm just like this is like a clown show like this just this like I, there was no cons- this is one of my biggest issues with officiating is like i'm not one of the people who like like if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I very rarely like 
do ref tweets. Bailey does them a lot more, but he's a yeah. delusional Bucks fan, so that comes with him. But I like delusional is the word for it. But huh, well, okay. Um, but like, if you're gonna call a game one way, fine. But you have to be consistent. The worst thing to me is a ref that like in the first quarter it's a really physical, like gritty game, and then in the second quarter suddenly tightening things up and calling fouls they weren't calling ten minutes ago. Like that's <laughs> what I can't stand. And this game felt like that, where it was just like I, I like I couldn't get it like. I could not get a sense of what these refs felt was legal defense because the no. definition seemed to change to them play to play. And that was what was crazy to me. And I think that's what also hurt UCF so much is that they're, they're a team that like, again, I think I, I posted on Twitter. I said, this isn't a game that you can blame on the refs that, you know, they didn't shoot well. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you, that you can look at the UCF didn't do. And that's why they lost. But it was just, I was talking to my dad about this during the game. And it was like the way that that game was being called was changing the way UCF could play the game and I think for a lot of it you know they actually did manage it pretty well I mean I think they only had only um I think only uh Alicia Smith fouled out right yeah she was the only one fouled out like it looked for a while there like they were gonna have like some of their top players fouling out early um so they did did a lot to weather the storm but it was just like you have to get so careful about the way you can play defense when you have early fouls like that and it was just tough, but I'm, overall... about, I'm about to take us so off topic and get super philosophical. So I'll try to be quick, but because I, I also felt earlier in the year that part of the issue with UCF not getting votes in the AP poll was that they were a defense first team and that, that, that hurt them. I felt like, do you find it interesting at all that it feels like, is it just me or is it like every sport is moving towards favoring the offense right now? Yeah, like, I think football very much is basketball, even, even baseball, isn't baseball about like home runs now? Like it just feels yeah, like I mean, baseball, baseball wants to do basically anything they can to drive up, you know, runs and, and action. And that's what I mean. People say, like, if people come to see uh, offense and come to see points, they come to see all that stuff, not the defense. But but I find it interesting that's happening in every sport at the same time. And I get while well, I get baseball, it's rule change related, but there haven't been rule changes in that. Like basketball just became a three point shooting sport. And college football, it was just the advent of the spread offense. Like it wasn't rule changes. It was just like, it's just weird that we're in this very, I wonder if we'll see that swing back in our lifetimes because we are like very far onto the offense spectrum. I don't know. And I know there are some rules in college football that change it, like the alignment three yards down the field and all that. But I I don't know. I just, it, it, and I know I'm getting like, we're so off topic because UCF podcast. And I'm like, I'm like, let's talk about the philosophical nature of sport. But I don't know. It's, it just, it stood out to me a lot during this season with UCF because they were so I mean, they were the best defensive team in the country, and it did feel like in some ways they were outcasts for that as far as statistics, as far as how they were treated, and that really made that notable to me. And I don't know if that's I mean, fair. When you when you even say that, they're the best defensive team in the country. For them to not be in the top 25 for the majority of the season, when they're like one of, they're the best team and one of the big aspects of the game, like it's it's strange. It's not like they were bad offensively. It's like not like they're so drastically worse offensively than they are defensively. Like they were a very, very good team. They just like their calling card happened to be defense. And yeah, I think you're kind of right there. I didn't really think about it during the season, but it seemed like they were punished for it. But overall, I mean, what they, they, I think Coach Abe started her press conference by kind of listing out like these are the goals we set out at the beginning of the year and they hit, they hit all of them. It was their best season ever by a pretty yeah. fair margin. And I do want to say, Abe, I saw this quote on Twitter and I, so Abe said something similar to this, but I hope fans acknowledge that like this is not this is like, let's not 2017 UCF this, this isn't the new standard. I mean, they were very lucky with the extra COVID year to be able to bring back a full starting lineup and have a team that's experienced. I think they're still going to be very good next year. Yeah. I think they'll be a threat to win the conference. Diamond Battles is back and she is like maybe one of the top UCF athletes of all time at this point. But like, this isn't the standard. Like women's basketball isn't going to be cranking off 27, 28 wins every year. So, you know, just keep that in. I really appreciate <laughs> the season for what it was and please don't ruin women's basketball for me now. Thanks. Yeah, because you certainly have done that with football for a lot of uh, a lot of us but speaking of which speaking of which finances <laughs> yes money <laughs> getting into UCF's finances and i think if we would to boil it down it's that hey UCF doesn't have a lot of money comparatively to these uh, big 12 teams and they would like your money they would they would really like your money which i'm hoping that details of it. i'm hoping that to know UCF fan was any surprise that UCF has less money than the teams that have been just for existing being handed $30 million from the TV networks every year. Um, But uh, so just preface this, I mean, UCF dropped their mission 12 initiative, which is all about getting you good people to give them more money. And I honestly, (laughs) so I I, I thought it was interesting because I saw a couple comments of people who were like, this is going to be an interesting podcast because I know we both have thoughts, but uh, you know, the, the one thing for UCF is they just listed out so much financial information, which I was kind of impressed at the transparency 
I mean, they legally have to, like, you can look that stuff up. I've cited on the podcast before, but either way, just to present it, that clearly was interesting to me, especially since it doesn't shine them in a good light. But I saw the first thing I guess I want to say is because I saw a few comments of people saying, why does UCF need our money? They're about to get all this, all that power five money they didn't used to have. And well, guys, here's the thing. They, they are going to get that power five money. And now they're also going to have power five expenses. And you know, it's a give and take. And I think the couple of things people are forgetting is we still don't know what number they're going to settle on, but UCF's going to have to pay some ridiculous exit fee to get out of the AAC. And that is going to be a years long expense, probably. Secondly, I don't, we haven't seen anything on this, but like, so the, I think it was the, uh, the Navigate P5 average payout estimates came out a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if we mentioned that on the podcast. I, we might've briefly touched on it. You might have which I found it like fascinating because they're usually pretty spot on that with these projections they've done before, and they don't have big 12 revenue dropping after Texas and Oklahoma leave. The big 12 will eventually by the end of the 2020s grow into the poorest of the P five leagues, but it will be like minuscule differences. Like it's yeah, like a four or $5 million difference. Marginal between between, and, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's so like, it, it's fine. Like it's great. So that, so for example, for 2023, big 12 payout per team will be $41.8 million. And not only is a chunk of that, I'm sure, going to have to go to, you know, the, paying the AAC, you like have to raise salaries across the board to keep the people you have. You've got to increase coach salaries. You've got to increase salary pools. And the big question mark is I have a hard time believing UCF is going to be getting a full share of that money. Expansion teams very rarely get full shares of conference payouts. Rutgers, in fact, I believe this past season was their first year getting a full Big Ten payout. So I don't know what that's going to look like in mid 12, but like basically guys like, yes, UCF needs your money. It's not like they're just suddenly going to have 40 million to throw around because they're really not for like several years here. And they have some very lofty goals in terms of getting your money in terms of, you know, where they want to be in the big 12. Um, the more, I mean, one of the objectives that I wrote down from this, you know, as a presentation they put out there for mission 12, they want to increase UCF's athletic UCF athletics operating budget to be in the top half upon entry into the big 12 and then from upon there they entry target, is yeah, upon, upon entry, entry. Is ambitious and then from there target getting into the top third which you know let's worry about getting into the top half first which i mean that's what they said but still that's that's insane like to begin with is very very gonna be very difficult um tcu baylor and byu their budgets aren't public because they're private so <laughs> they're public they're not public because they're private um, good job daily breaking yeah. down the public private uh, ucf ucf's right uh with those three excluded ucf's operating budget is currently eighth of the nine available to the public only ahead of houston ha houston <laughs> uh, i also should point out i believe cincinnati was like just barely ahead of ucf yeah it's no not, that's, that's a lie too. that's a lie no no since they was a lot ahead of ucf yeah i'm looking at the chart now so no. ucf is 72 million currently they want to get to 100 million I should point out that this hundred million goal pre predates the big 12. Mahajra announced that as a goal last summer. And at that point we kind of were like wink, wink P5. So like we knew it was coming, but I still, that's, yeah. that's, that's not new information. What's new information to me is that he wants to be there like now. <laughs> Cause that was not, I think when he originally announced it, it was a five-year goal and that's clearly not the case anymore. Yeah. It's, it's weird because they, they don't necessarily, if I'm reading this right, like they want to be upon the, in, the, in the top half upon entry into the big 12. When they put this chart in there that I kind of want to talk about is these uh, schools transitioning into power five. And when it came to that, um, they had, so you, they, they put Utah in there. They went from Mountain West to the Pac-12. This was in 2011. And they grew their operating budget by 255%. That seems like when you look over, at- Over these, a decade. Over a yeah, decade. Yeah. yeah. But like when you look at all these, it seems very much- so, so that's 2011 to what, 2000, this was the 2020 fiscal year that they're reporting what, this from? I don't believe they said what fiscal year they're using. I'm looking at this right now, but okay. you can assume it was either, it might've been 19 because 19 okay. is a little more, since 20 was a mess with the pandemic, sometimes right. 19 is a little, a little more realistic. I know in some spots of the presentation, they use fiscal year, the 2020 fiscal year, some some spots, I think they use 19. So it was a little bit different, but then with Rutgers, they, they from going from the AAC to the big 10 in 2014, they've seen their... Uh, operating budget budget increased by 38 percent i love that they put aac to big 10 i know it's accurate but yeah. it's just funny same thing from louisville aac to the acc in 2014 have increased theirs by 56 percent and this was interesting they had ucf's um from conference usa to the aac in 2013 that theirs is up to 85 percent and so now from going from the aac to the big 12 their goal is to get an extra 39 percent growth 
to get to that hundred million dollar, right? Do the hundred million dollar yeah, budget. Yeah. So I'm going to call out UCF for being misleading with this, with the, all that information, because a couple of things here, Rutgers and Louisville were not coming from the AAC. They were coming from the Big East. Pre-AAC, the Big East had a Power 5 level contract, and they did not lower their budgets for a single season. So they already had Power 5 level budgets. Those also are not taking into account that both the Big Ten and ACC have signed multiple new TV deals in that span, which led to dramatic increases. There's not like a huge Big Ten amount, or Big 12, excuse me, amount of money coming. They're just going to stay where they're at when Texas Oklahoma leaves. So those are misleading. Uh, right. you. Utah is the more realistic, like more spot on one to me because they really did come from like a lower down conference. Like Rutgers and Louisville basically went P5 to P5. Like, let's be real. So I, I get the point they're trying to make because they're trying to say, look, we don't need like to hit the same percentage amount as these other teams did. But to me, the big misleading points are there is not a new super lucrative. Like, all right, let me explain. Like, there is a new Big 12 TV deal coming, but it's going to keep the conference where it is. Like those other schools benefited from new conference payouts that dramatically increased for over the last decade. Right. So it's misleading there. But I mean, like the UCF, their $100 million budget goal, like it's not impossible. It is doable. I just like it, it's the middle ground, this period of where they're going to be paying an exit fee and probably having a reduced share and having to raise expenses. Like that's where I'm like, I, I don't see it happening, like maybe in the time frame they want. I don't yeah, because when you look at it longer term, you're like, yeah, I mean, this is some, this is some doable, some, a doable objective. You know, this is achievable. But when you talk about you know, upon entry into the Big 12, which could be what next year, 2023. Yeah. At the very latest, 2024. Like that's that's a very quick turnaround. And then and they don't need a hundred million to be top half. I think top half they need yeah. like 90 something million, which still over is five like... years. Yeah. So it's uh I have it here is to get into the top half, they need to increase the total operating budget by 18 million dollars per year, which nine ninety million over five years. And then to get into the top third after that, they need to increase it. Uh, by 21.6 million per year, which is 107.8 over five years. And then they threw in there because <laughs> I'm sure this is the next goal after that is to have the highest operating budget in the big 12. They need to increase it by 33.8 million per year, which is 169.2 million over five years. Which is like, I, I don't know. I'm not like, I, I didn't, I like, I'm sure Cincinnati the most money like, the we're going to be the best, we're going to have the most money. It's like, it's so, it's so easy to put a slide that says we're going to have the most money. Like, I don't buy that is possible in the near future. No. Um, I, with or without Texas, Oklahoma, like, I, uh, but one thing that I do want to point out to fans about, cause I know a lot of fans are like, oh my God, what are we going to do? It's like, uh, like, to be clear, like having money is good and important, but like, it's not like, like UCF's like, like, like Quan Lee isn't going to catch more balls if UCF is making more money. Like that, you look, you look at the top five. He might catch budgets. more if he's making more money. Well, and you know what? I think that's possible. Um, you look at the top five budgets in the new Big Twelve. You've got, and just let's compare it to football success. Number one is Kansas. I don't think any of that money is going to football, which might explain some things. You've got Oklahoma State. Who, okay, they're really good. Then you've got Texas Tech. Then you've got Iowa State. And you've got West Virginia. I mean, four of the top five budgets in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve are teams that are not typically near the top of the Big Twelve in the standings for football. Yeah. So I don't. So like, I'm not. I don't know. At the end of the day, you still need to have a good coach. You still need to be able to convince players to come to your school. I mean, like, no amount of like, like especially for like someone like Texas Tech, like no amount of donation dollars are going to change that you're in Lubbock. You know, <laughs> like so, right. uh, it's not like end of the world if UCF falls short. Right. There's really a lot. There's just some, there's so much here. Do you have anything that you want to get to next? Because yeah. I want to talk there's... about the really big issue. Okay. Can I do that now? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. The, so the really big one for me is like TV contract. Great. Increase your budget. Great. You like UCF is really, really behind in fundraising. And that's why, and that's why I think that this strategy is interesting because like, let's be clear the way of the world. And just to be clear, UCF is 11th of 13 because again we've got different numbers for all of these because it just depends on who since some of these schools are private so if 13 schools that are reporting their 11th in dollars raised so that's bad and honestly what's different for ucf and that i think is interesting is that you know like most schools in fact like all schools like don't donors like bailey and i or whoever who give you like 10 bucks every now and then that's great <laughs> But like, it's the big money ones. You need, you need the like rich alumni who comes in and it's like, here's $20 million to like slap my name on something. And right. UCF has more living alumni than anyone in this new conference, except Texas, and then Texas will be leaving. The problem is that UCF's alumni base is very young still. And none of us are rich yet. Yeah, so, I haven't got my million dollar idea yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. Stay with the us. Pegasus, but the Pegasus podcast hasn't, got, hasn't been bringing in millions and millions of dollars just yet. 
by the way, guys, by the way, guys, stick around for our next part of our podcast, Mission Pegasus. <laughs> if you if you donate to the Pegasus podcast, we will take your money. I'll name segments after you if you donate money to us. <laughs> the at whoever segment. <laughs> and, now, and, now, and now we go into the news brought to you by <laughs> brought to you by Trace Trilco. Um, oh man. But anyway, so so I gotta do a stat. I gotta give a stat real quick that I found interesting. So so they broke down what I thought was really interesting was the percent. Why can't I talk today? That is like the fifth word I've flubbed. It's like, I don't know what's going on with me. But anyway, um, they, the percent of alumni who've donated. And for UCF, it's just 2.21%, which is like fairly far down. Not ideal. It's ninth by percent. It's ninth in the conference. And uh, which, by the way, it's not like there's teams that are like 30%. Number one in the conference is TCU, who's 6.8%. And UCF is always going to be lower because there's a billion UCF alumni. And, and, you know, not everyone's a sports fan, guys. Like I had I had roommates in college who like did not know we had a football team. Um, I'm serious. And we lived in Towers, which was next to the stadium. Yeah. Um, so UCF is 2.21%. So I found this interesting because they gave the average donation amount. So if UCF could get that 2.21%, just get it up to three and a half percent, just aim for three and a half, which will only get you to seventh in the big 12 and actual like percent of alumni that would get you to $21.5 million, which would put you second in the conference. Like there are, that's the thing about UCF is what's rare about them is while most schools have to rely on big market donors or a big money donors, excuse me, again, can't speak today. Sorry, everybody. UCF is like the one school in the country that can actually crowdsource like or crowdfund donations. Like they could actually get by on small donations because there's just so many UCF fans. That's what, what I that think is interesting. What number you just said? So they're at 20, they're 20 at 2.21% yeah. of alumni donating. If they got up to three and a half percent, they would bring in $21.5 million. That's like for like the charge on fund, like their, their donors or donation donations. Their total, do- their total fundraising dollars, which is because yeah, because so I'm looking at this, these goals they have. That would be above their goal if I'm looking at this right. They're, one of their goals would be to increase the charge on fund from bringing in what I guess fiscal year 2020 was uh, 10.6 million. They want a 58% increase to bring it up by the 2024 fiscal year to 16.8 million. So if they want 16.8, let's do some math here because I can do it because they gave us all the numbers. That would equate to, uh, wait, I did that wrong. Say the number again. Uh, 10.6 million was what it was in 2020. No, just the they more recent number. 16.8 is what they want. Sorry, guys. I majored in journalism. Uh, so yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know my way around a calculator. I don't know about doing doing live math on the podcast might not be the best thing for us. No, it's a great idea. Okay, so it's not so carry the one. Um <laughs> <laughs> so that would so that would um all right, I can do that. Divided by this is great. Okay, cool. So that means to get there, they just need to get from 2.2% of alumni to 2.2 to 2.7%. That seems doable. Like when you put that it like seems that, doable. Yeah. that is what that is. That's what that number is. Look at me doing yeah. math on the fly. I'm killing That's, it. That's, I would not have even, don't even ask me. Um, so yeah, I mean, so part of it is the donations and part of it is also corporate sponsorships. Do you have the numbers? I don't think I wrote that down, but the, the numbers in terms of um corporate sponsorships because i think that's also lacking i have a very big and, number and it's zero and that's number of bounce house stadium sponsors so that could definitely that was, yeah. that's i did want to talk about that because corporate corporate sponsorships their uh, 2020 fiscal year brought in 5.1 million and then their goal is a 100 increase to get to 10.2 million by 2024 fiscal year and that's the like thing help. there's been stuff out there that he's not happy with their corporate sponsorship situations right and i, I think, feel like i think he was the one who was like we're doubling this because it's yeah. not good and i feel like there's like there should be opportunity there but the biggest one to me would be get in get its naming rights deal for the stadium that's a it's multi-million so, dollar per year i know it's been so deal. it's been so difficult it's been two years now since they've had yeah it's been two years of the bounce house it's just being the bounce house and i don't know what's led to that and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like ready-made information as to what the issue is here. I mean, I know that we had the two different deals fall through. With like because, the roof claim was one of them, right? And then 3MG roofing. And like, everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, the Florida legislature, they, why won't they let us, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, but like you, you don't have to limit yourself to roofing companies. Like there are a <laughs> lot of companies out there that don't make roofs. So I, that's the part that I'm kind of hung up on is I don't, is it a deal where UCF like is asking too much? Like I, like I, it is not hard to get a stadium sponsor. Like teams do it all the time. So, and uh, like the only thing I can think of is if UCF like 
is way over inflating their value. Like if someone's like, we'll give you 2 million a year. And they're like, we want 20 or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise I just don't know. It's very strange to me. Maybe they're literally waiting for Elon Musk to check his mentions. I'm not sure. You would, <laughs> you would think, cause like if they can get that done, like that's a significant, that's a significant part of this corporate sponsorship goal. And, it, like and it's could, money that requires no effort. It is just right. money that you get handed. Put a there's sign no, up on the stadium. There's the no stadium. expense to you that comes with it. You just get handed money. And we're talking additional millions per year. Like, what's the budget right now? 72 million? That's yeah. literally like you just signed for two and a half and now you're at 74.5. Like you just added on, like for doing nothing. That's money straight into your pocket. So I don't get it. And what's even weirder is Mahajir's all about that. He was about that at Arkansas State. He wants to name everything. He would name every seat if he could. Well, I guess that's what season <laughs> tickets are. But personal so, seat license. Yeah, there you go. So, so I don't get what the holdup's been there. I'm kind of fascinated by that. Yeah, and that's the thing. The big thing they were, they were pushing, and I think they they were being thankful for, but at the same time, they were like, "This is all great, but please give us more." Because um, they were saying basically the football season ticket sellouts and like the the money that's that's coming in through that is like they said close to maximize because obviously they're selling out season tickets. I want to, I want to just point out too, this is put quote close to maximized. I'm saying, I'm wondering if they're not close to maximized because they're not completely maximized because if they're already fully maximized, like they could just keep raising the prices and they'd generate more money because well, they'd be still selling them out. They're not completely maximized. Cause if you're a season ticket holder, I have a, I have a warning for you. They're just very going to jack your prices when instead of paying to see Temple Tulane and SMU right. you're paying for TCU, Oklahoma State. And right. So they're going to be more so, maximized when they get to the big 12 and they raise season ticket prices because but that's the thing is stay what they are. See, it's not just season ticket prices. Are, like I think UCF is going to generate way more game day money because season ticket prices are going to go up. Hey guys, you want UCF to be successful in the big, successful in the Big Twelve? Pay more money, you know. Yeah. I say, I say as a media member who doesn't pay for seats, yeah, just be ready to pay more. Yeah, it's pay cool. My it's seat. cool. My Bailey pays for his seat. My parents pay for their seats. It's you know, it's part it's of it. And they complain about the prices a lot. But anyway, <laughs> the, the so the other thing too there is I also think like UCF has games every now and then. Like even this past year, we're like you got a really passionate fan base, but you'll have four thousand, five thousand empty seats because at the end of the day, you are playing two and nine to lane. And yeah. That's, I feel like, especially for those first couple of years, I think UCF can count on a sellout every home game. I really do. Because on top, so. on top of it being a much better class of opponents and way more often seeing top 25, top 15 teams at home, you're also going to have, you're going to be playing teams who have national alumni bases who are going to show up to the away section of your stadium. So you're just going to get more money. So like stuff like that will go up. So like, like I said, the hundred million isn't impossible to me. The big issue for me is just, I, the donations are the big issue. And I think that's a problem that will solve itself in 20 years when more UCF alumni are older and have more money, but in the short term, I don't know what they can do beyond what they're trying to do. Regarding, which is, regarding the goal of, you know, getting there in a couple of years. Well, but that's what this mission 12, like schools don't usually fundraise like this, like saying, yeah. why don't you all give us $10? Isn't the way like, they're literally asking, what if everyone just gave us $12? Yeah, I have I have some of those like action items here. I don't know if we could go into those at the end because I still I kind of want to talk about one of their other objectives too. But go, go ahead, it. continue. All right, I just want to say one more stat real quick on the twelve dollar thing. I tweeted this, yeah. and I like I just want to be clear. I recognize this would never ever happen, but I found it interesting. And it was that if every single living UCF alumni pledged twelve dollars a month, which is what they're asking for, then UCF would lead the entire Big Twelve, including Oklahoma and Texas, in contributions by like a lot. Again, that would never happen, but it's just a representative of like how many freaking alumni there are out there, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talked earlier about the, object, the objective, I think they had five or six on there, but a couple that I wrote down. The one that I wrote, oh, we talked about earlier already, getting to the top half and eventually the top third of Big 12. Um, and, you know, regarding that money, the, one of their objectives is to deliver unique indigenous athletic facilities to all student athletes and fans, starting with the UCF football campus. So I kind of figured we, we should probably talk about some of the some of the football campus stuff and the give me a break with the... that man. I mean, I'm sorry. Like literally, what are we? It's 2022, and they're still trying to get me with the lazy river. I see through your lies, UCF. Athletics. Well, that's the thing is, you were saying a couple. You said, we're talking about the lazy river a couple of podcasts ago, and you were like, somehow throughout all of this, it survived everything. And they're like, all right, here's our our fundraising presentation. You know, need all this money on the Big Twelve. Here's some more renderings. You know, it's still in those renderings. Is that Recovery Cove, and cove gating they mentioned cove gating which is just tailgating in the cove i guess that's yeah they mentioned cove gating in 2018 too i you and know it's like this this frick go ahead just finish now i'll do my rant because what i was going to say is that with with this you know them bring up cove gating again if this ever happens if they ever get this lazy river that's been in the, the cards for 
how many years has it been now? Five, six years almost. It's been, it's been like five. It's been five plus years. My, no, it's been gets, six. It's been if six it ever years. Gets built, if it ever gets built, cove gating is going on my bucket list. I want. I want a cove gate. I just want to. That's. I. I don't even know what to say to that, Bailey, because it's never going to happen. They're never going to. Well, that's what I said. That was a big if. But if it happens, they're it's never going to. It's list. like it's the most USF thing UCF has ever done. Is they they that's drew a, a, that's a tough that is a tough sentence they drew a picture of a river and said give us money and now it's five years later they have an updated picture and are still asking for money like i i just it's like and i get you got to get money like you do what you got to do but i just like i it's just it you can listen to my rants a few podcasts going and we talked about this i just i was so annoyed when i got to the bottom of this mission 12 thing they threw the lazy river in there as the first photo because <laughs> i'm just like you guys know what you're doing you know you're never going to build this damn thing there is never going to be a laser. There also Mahatra basically like accidentally admitted that it's never happening by saying, oh, and by the way, we're going to like what, like do it on one of the practice fields. We're going to get rid of a practice field and move it. Like that's never happening. I, I just, it, I just, I don't believe. For okay. Second. So instead of that, do you want to talk about like the, there was a difference in the, um, in the stadium, like expansion renderings, wasn't there? Yes, there was. And there was, it's like I a wish new I could level. be like, I wish I could act really smart and say, I noticed this, but someone in the dungeon noticed it. um yeah they changed on top of the launch club which is like the whole we're gonna tear out the top of the whichever end zone that is that south end zone they're gonna build in that whole area that's gonna be like facing the stadium it's club seats and facing out it's the coaches offices and they're gonna move like some of the athletic offices and football stuff up there it looks really cool they've added like a weird second floor like lounge looking thing to to the renderings they didn't announce this it's just in the renderings now they're different than they were I don't know what the heck that's supposed to be. I don't know if it's more like meeting space for coaches. I don't know if it's like an extended, I'm sure it's supposed to make money or they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So, but I don't know. It I looks like an it's... enclosed meeting space. And I'm kind of like, who wants to watch a football game from something like that? Maybe it's like a, maybe it's like an indoor club for the people. Yeah, like a, I there. think I want to, oh man, I wish I would have written it down. I think I saw something, maybe it was something else, but I thought I saw something about an indoor club or like a club seating area or luxury seating area, something like that. It's to look out on the lazy room. Yeah look out and watch uh all the people in their cove gating well i actually did want to i i they had information i hadn't seen here before about that they said since 2016 which is five six years ago they've invested 35 million in facility upgrades which i'd never seen that stat before and i found it was interesting but i, I didn't I, write that down but yeah i want to talk about that i think they put the price on the football campus at 55 million yikes when they first announced it so, and they put the price of, yeah, okay, I got it. So they say the, the, the football specific upgrades that Mahadra's announced, I don't know if that includes the laser river that's not happening, is 50 million. So that's more than you, that's way more than yeah, UCF has spent. I think it does include that though. I, I would I hope it does. it does. I also, I keep seeing fans tweet at me because I've taken my lazy river take Twitter and they're like, the lazy river is fully funded. Then where is it? <laughs> if it's fully like, funded, where have, is it? have to figure out, they have to wait and figure out what, how, like, when they're going to be able to move the practice field because the I mean, team's got to practice, right? If so. it's fully funded, you have the funds <laughs> to move the freaking practice field. I, just, it's like, I, when people say that to me, like, that's supposed to make me feel better about it. It's like, do you realize that's worse? So you're saying you see, you're admitting you see, I took your money and did nothing. <laughs> if you're saying it's fully funded, listen, all I need to do is go out and pour a little bit more sand and then I think this will blow over. This will, this will blow over. And yeah, the sand will blow away it. and nothing will ever happen. <laughs> So they said that the football specific upgrades would cost 50 million. All the upgrades Mahadra wants to do, which includes all kinds of things, 130 million. Of money. For comparison, the bounce house adjusted for inflation costs 70 million. So that's like building two more bounce houses. <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of money. So that's the other thing I find interesting is I'm like trying to figure out like, because Mahadra announced the football campus and it was really cool. And I was very excited for it because at Arkansas State, he was very good about actually building things. And I feel like he's backed up that reputation that since he's been here, softball's gotten a new locker room. The football facilities have been updated. The meeting room's been updated. So like he, he, he is about actually, baseball got a, you know, an actual scoreboard from this century. So things are good. But at the same softball time- also needs one, but- When you're going to the, eh, they just got a locker room. They're fine. When you're going to the big 12 and you're talking about, we need to up our budget to this. I'm like, where, then if that's what you're focused on, where is the $130 million going to come from? Like, is that like a 15 year goal to do this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, wish we could talk to him about it. It'd be interesting. I'm going to tweet. I, I actually might tweet at Mahadra after this and say, are you actually going to build the Lazy River? If you're not going to, it's fine. Just tell us. <laughs> we just want to know. You know. The funny thing is he'd probably reply. He would be, he'd be like, at Jimmy Skiles, update on this? <laughs> 
<laughs> Scott Carr, can you have any, any, <laughs> any help? Any help over there from FIU? You want to throw us some money? Um, Let your players man. use it during spring ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. yeah, FIU who who got to what, pay for like pads, got like, pads like donated pads. from Mississippi State is going to be like, we'll throw some money for the lazy river. <laughs> we want a Cove gate too. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I just found that interesting. Like 130 million, like that was a year ago. They threw out that number or almost a year ago because it was over the summer. And that like, that's a huge number to, to just like, uh, I don't know. That's hard, hard, hard to conceptualize. So I'm curious. I'd love it. And again, this is information they haven't released. So I'm curious, like, I'm curious, like, I'm sure they internally have a timeline for those upgrades. Like they have a timeline for the freaking lazy river, a timeline for the launch club, all that. And I'd love like, and I, the fact that they haven't released that makes me wonder if the timeline is very far you know or I mean? like just very up in the air or just like that's probably they have, it, probably they have right. it super tentative the but they're not going to put that out there anywhere because then if it's not like if things change you're gonna be like they're opening themselves up to questions and- this is another example of bailey being smarter than me it's exactly because yeah. if they gave us a number and then they don't reach number which happens all the time with this stuff then ucf fans would be ucf fans <laughs> we'd be on here like kicking off just like where is the lazy river i'd like to think i'd like by- to think that danny white's internal lazy river timeline was like before i die and just like <laughs> you know like we'll, we'll hopefully all happen at some point and then he left for Tennessee and he's like, well, shoot. He, he called Terry and he was like, hey, there, if there's one thing that you can do for me, please just keep the plans for the lazy river. Just keep them alive. You don't even ever have to do it. Just keep them in everybody's mind. This is the other thing. Terry Mahajer loves water. The dude has so said, he, he said he loves water. He built waterfalls into his stadium at Arkansas State. He should be all about this. He should, And here's how, here's my other evidence that the lazy river was always a sham under Danny White. He's been at Tennessee for a year now and has not built a lazy river there. If he thought a lazy river was so cool, <laughs> he hasn't he even announced plans for a lazy river at Tennessee. I'm serious. If he thought a lazy river was that cool, he would have built one at Tennessee. And there's he would he would have gotten the money. He would have gotten the money for it like in two days. I mean, they just paid eight million dollars for a quarterback. So he could have gotten the money at a Wawa. He could have just walked out and like met a booster getting a hoagie and been like, "You want a lazy river?" And they'd be like, "Sure, here's my checkbook." And then he could have had it done. So the <laughs> fact that that makes just proves to me there was never actually going to be a lazy river under Danny White. Does Mahadra feel differently? Time will tell. They do keep talking about cove gating. Sounds so cool. But then people like Bailey are like, that sounds so cool. Here's money. And then it never happens. So. Oh, actually, okay. No, I haven't given the money toward cove gating. Last thing, last time I made a donation, I donated toward women's basketball. So. Did you, I just, so I signed up to be a donor, which, you know, yeah. we're, we're clearly an unbiased podcaster, you guys. I am, uh, I'm giving that them. That ship has sailed a long time ago. It I'm, sailed down the lazy river a long time ago. <laughs> I'm giving them a very small amount of money every month, but I'm like, whatever helps guys. I'm basically giving them like money for a meal each month. It's like, hey, Terry, if you want to go eat at Chick-fil-A like once a week, here you go. <laughs> but I did see that when you go to donate, you can select where the money goes. Yeah. Like, which, A, I think they can just like, I feel like they can ignore that if they want to, but yeah, I just I said. weird about that. I just said it to general athletics, but like part of me was like, like, I like, like, a, I know I said this in the past podcast. Hey guys, who are mad about men's basketball? I have a solution for you. Go to the tab, click Give men's basketball, and donate. And there they you might go. ignore it, but hey, at least they might ignore like it. Giving men's basketball. But I actually like. I think it's interesting they do that because that makes it feel a lot more actionable, doesn't it? Like when yeah. you're donating your money towards a program versus this just goes into the athletics pool. So I thought that was well, interesting. Women's basketball when they won the conference tournament, they posted. I think I don't remember if it was them or if it was the UCF Knights account, but they said something about like. They basically put it out there. I'm like, hey, if you want to donate to women's basketball, here's the link. Click the drop down. Click select women's basketball. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. That was pretty I cool. I didn't give a ton of money, but I just was thinking like, you know what? Yeah, that's that's like a very actionable thing. And like speaking of actionable things, that's the things I kind of wanted to get into in here. I think this is kind of where we're going to end up leaving. Can I say one more thing really quickly? Yeah. In all my facility upgrades, don't forget, I, I think at least a part of that $130 million is Mahajra wants to get rid of the track field, move it somewhere else and build an actual soccer stadium. So, so cool. just throwing that'd that be there. so cool. It's just never gonna happen. Either. I want that more than the lazy river. Like that would be so. Oh yeah, cool. me but anyway, too. But, but anyway, I'm sure if you pull if you pulled people, they'd say the lazy river probably. I don't think they enough people the, care about you. A third soccer. of them picked the lazy river over basketball. Exactly. Like, as I'm saying, it, I don't think enough of them care about soccer. Unfortunately, they would. I think it would be a very very sizable portion would say the lazy river. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna go too much into this because I'm not like I would like for you to donate to UCF because I love UCF and would like them to reach their goals. That's just me going to say that, but like they put in there, yeah, you can give monthly or one-time gifts to the charge on fund. And there's some funny like little tidbits in there. Like the shareholder society reports, they were trying to push that, which is $5,000 annually for five years. And they have this big 12 founders thing that I don't remember. Have they mentioned that before? Have they like announced that before? No, but was that where they had the That was where he said, yeah, yeah, $5 million in lifetime giving or $5 million plus in lifetime giving. And under that, it said, quote, if you have $5 million to give, what are you waiting for? Please hit up Terry Mohajer ASAP. 
And I, just, I like to I think that, that Mahajer was... scribbled that in when they showed the presentation. He was like, make sure if anyone, like, if you have five million, <laughs> hello. Yeah, I mean, you gotta throw that in there because maybe like people who have five million, they're waiting to give them like, I just don't know who to contact. And so he's like, just hey, hit up Terry Mahajer ASAP. Yeah, I'm sure John Juliano was reading it and was like, wait a minute. <laughs> How, who do I give the money to? I'm just sitting here. Here's a blank check. <laughs> there are um, sports other than baseball, ECF. And then there were some <laughs> there were some other funny things in here. Um, that's so funny, but just some some little tidbits. Uh, they were saying so that was all the donation thing, and then uh, you can buy season tickets, and it said more than just football, so get season tickets to other sports that will help. And then it which said, that's just a fundraising thing, and just like go to some support, other. Like, yeah, this women's basketball season was so freaking fun. Volleyball games were one of my favorite things to do on campus when I was a student. Like there are so many fun environments on campus. That's the thing is like I I when I I lived so I came back as some people know I guess I lived for lived back in Orlando again uh, last year and doing that during COVID was like just so such poor planning, I guess, because like, if I was doing it now, I'd have season tickets. To like I probably, it's probably good for my bank account that I don't live there now, but I feel like I would get season tickets to multiple UCF sports. So I'd be at games anyway. My, like my, I la- my life has been worse since you left because last spring <laughs> it has been because last spring when COVID stopped being such a thing, like we were going to like, it was like almost every weekend at one point we were going to something. Yeah, because and, there was like a million sports in the spring last year. And because I'm an introvert, I can't bring myself to go to sporting events alone. So I just don't go to like, unless you're in town, which has happened every now and then, I don't go to UCF sporting events anymore. I encourage you to just do it. I, I went to a soccer game by myself on well, Saturday. My thing is, so I cover football and I cover men's basketball. Now everyone's going to think I don't have any friends. <laughs> well, um, eh. so I cover football and I cover men's basketball. And like, I've like had people, when I say like, oh, I don't like going anymore, I've had people like say to me before, like, oh, why don't you just like cover it? I'm like, well, first off, that's just remarkably unprofessional. Like I cover the football and basketball games to podcast about them and write about them. And like, I, you know, to the other games, like I am just like a fan on, like, I don't have the knowledge of, like, I wouldn't be like putting soccer articles or volleyball articles on our website. Cause I just don't have the knowledge for that. Yeah. And that also gets back to it too, is like, this is, I'm so down the rabbit hole now. I wish there was more media coverage for those sports too. I really do. And I think like Jason Beatty, the Sentinel has done an awesome job of like women's basketball has gotten so much coverage from the Sentinel these yeah. last few weeks and like i just it, it's just as a whole guys like there are like ucf and i think ucf's fan base is better about this than most but there are so many awesome teams here with great environments great stadiums and they're just fun like just go guys yeah, yeah i would encourage that and then one more thing they, they put in here um was buy merch and then it said yes new nighthead and script logo merch is coming so yep I did everybody asking too. about that <laughs> Everybody continuing to ask about that. I mean, I'm I'm curious too. I want to know. I want to get some get some of that stuff. Did I tell you um, I paid sixty three dollars for a nighthead shirt? You did tell me. That. I don't know okay. if you said that on the podcast, but still hasn't shown up. I don't know. They tweeted a thing and they were like, "Donate sixty three dollars to UCF. I'll give you a nighthead shirt." And I was like, "Sure, I can not eat for a week." And, and then, like uh, the next day, you and I went to the women's basketball game and got um, those nighthead tank tops. You mean we stole them because they were meant for students? And we hey, just I was a student there. And we just walked. Yeah, we they were. We just walked up and they handed them to us, and we were like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> So, yeah, which I don't think I've worn a tank top a day in my life. So I don't know why I was so excited to get that, but whatever. I was very excited. It's a nighthead shirt. Um, Yeah. Well, anyway, that's a lot about a lot of financial stuff, a lot of information to digest. If we could boil it down to anything, it's uh, give UCF some money. Yeah. Also go to all. If they could, if they could boil it down to anything, that's what they would say. Just give us money. And go to UCF sporting events that aren't football. And and yeah, I was going to say and basketball, but you don't go to those either. So (laughs) just go to everything, guys. Do it. Um, all right, we'll jump into the football news real quick before we wrap up. Um, I want to throw in there that UCF finally released a Netflix video for the Florida game. Um, yeah, what the hell was that about? <laughs> I don't know. I just I saw want to talk that. about that. And I, I think what I told you is I was like, when, you, when I actually watched it, it was like the second half of it was kind of like transitioning into spring ball. So I was like, was this the plan all along? Or were they just like, uh, you know, Netflix? Because I mean, the Gasper Bowl happened two days before Christmas. So they kind of like, oh, you know, we're not going to work on this on christmas or over christmas i don't know it's just it seemed like it was like kind of a thing that was just like oh yeah here's a netflix video it kind of came out of nowhere too which was nice i enjoy actually i enjoyed it a lot i always enjoy netflix but it was just a very weird uh very weird that argument that it's like we waited for spring ball to start would be like oh like you watch the second to last episode of a season of a show and they're like and tune in for the finale in september when it airs with the first episode of season three (laughs) like it's like what it was very strange um UCF got a couple of uh, commitments and actually first we'll go with the transfer. They got a linebacker transfer from Eastern Illinois. He was a three-time FCS All-American. His name is Jason Johnson. And I think he said he had two years of eligibility left. Um, and it, from what it looks like, it seems like he's a guy that can step right in 
at a position that they need some some bodies and they need some uh, some experience. Which and we talked listen, about it last week. They listened week. to the Pegasus podcast and they were like, "We did." Those intelligent young men are onto something. We need well, to my go favorite, get some linebackers. My favorite part about that was I think uh, I think it was BD. I might not have been BD, but it was somebody the Sentinel came out a couple. It was a couple days later with an article where it was Travis Williams saying like they're not worried about the youth or the inexperience of the position. <laughs> they bring in a guy who's going to be like I don't know if you watched that presser, but T Will was like he kind of like hit out almost mildly hit out def- like, almost mildly defensive. Like he was kind of yeah. like listen, like we don't need guys, and then you know. But I guess part of that too is like you can't really like you know your players are gonna see what you say like right, like if freaking true. like Quade Mosier like pulls up Twitter and it's like Coach T Will says that there are no good linebackers on the roster <laughs> like that might not go over well. Well, it seemed because it's funny because it was just came after I think a day or two earlier. Gus was kind of like, oh yeah, like we'll see what we have. He's like he seen, sounded a little bit more like hesitant about it, and T Will was like, what are you talking about? But I think but, when you're a position, because T Will's the yeah. linebackers position coach too, right? Yeah. On top I mean, of, like, I think so, because he played. I mean, he was a linebacker. Yeah. So. Like you're always going to go to bat for your guys. Like you're yeah. like you know you're not going to appreciate it. like you know like as media we have to ask the questions, but still we're like so how do you feel about not having good players? They're not going to be <laughs> like you know. We feel well, great it's also about true it. that too. It could have been completely true that you know he felt good about it, and then you're not going to turn your nose up when a guy, you know, three time FCS All American, like a guy wants to come play for you. That guy also said they offered him in like January, so it's not like they went out. Yeah, to, to spring like and we're like three Whoa. days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Um, and then so UCF received a, a commitment from 2023. He's listed as a linebacker slash edge rusher, Troy Ford Jr. They received that commitment on Tuesday for the class of 2023. Um, so looking to add another another body to the linebacker room for next year. Um, Cam Newton paid a visit to UCF earlier this week um, with his seven on seven team, and Gus posted. A picture with him and cam newton is wearing some i don't even know what those glasses were that he was wearing and just seemed like they weren't really indoor glasses and i sent it to my friends and i was like can you just be normal for a day <laughs> like, yeah but usf got marshall lynch so who knows who won the uh I, we, lo- we, we lost that one i'm sorry we did i don't think we did because i because i think marshall lynch just showed up i mean cam newton brought four-star recruits when you look at it that way i was looking at it more as like would i rather hang out with cam newton or marshall lynch i think the answer would be marshall lynch but also it does kind of go in ucs favor. like it's also gus coached him like what what was the tie between jeff scott and marshall lynch did they, jeff like, scott coached him anything? in college no, we didn't. Yeah, I know. I have no idea. What this, I have no they idea. Played, they play together? Where did Marshall like, Lynch go to college? I don't even know. Cal. He went to Cal. Oh, that's right. I only know that because the freaking video of him on the, the <laughs> driving around. I have no yeah. idea what the connection is. There must be some. I like, know. I can't imagine Marshawn. Maybe they, like he just showed up. Like he was just like, is that's what I'm wondering. Is, like, is he just in the area? He's like walking on campus, and Jeff Scott was like, is that Marshawn Lynch outside my window? Like, hey, you want to come <laughs> in and take a picture? I got, there's got to be something. It's like, there's got to be something. There's got to. I'm trying know. to think what the connection would be. There's got to be. Something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look at Jeff Scott's staff after this to see if there's a Cal connection somewhere or a, or a Seahawks connection or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably could be something like that. I don't know. Very weird. Um, UCS Pro Day was announced on Wednesday. UCS Pro Day will be on Friday, April first. Um, and then, yeah, Kenzie Bill will be there. Yeah, that'd be very exciting, actually. Um, and then just very quickly, we'll wrap up with a few spring ball updates. Anything anything come to mind over the last week or so to you um, with spring ball? I had something about. that I wanted I had something I wanted to talk about yesterday. I think I mentioned it to you, and I already forgot what it was. Okay, That's cool. That's good. Uh, you wanted to talk about the kick Colton Boomer, didn't you? Did I make that up? Yes. I did make you that did, up. You did make that up. Oh, okay. oh we can talk. Okay, no, I want to talk about Mikey Keene, uh, gaining 10 pounds of muscle. and uh, being, Oh, okay. All right, we can talk about that. Being an absolute <laughs> unit um and being my qb1 yeah he, he had some very big muscles in the uh the interview. <laughs> that was dude is ripped now so we also talk about the fact that uh our our favorite reporter slash football player jalen griffin is supposedly shining so yes I, I did want to talk about that that after setting the standard our insider our insider <laughs> I, if you guys don't know what we're talking about so jalen griffin like kept us basically fed with football news through like January and February, because he would post that when, you know, they would do lifting that he always set the standard for his position group, but he would post the whole sheet for everyone. And there would be like, this player didn't try. And this player didn't show up and we don't know where he is. And, he and then did. he started, then he started, like he realized that he started blacking out some of them, but he could still see it for like, he would black it out so poorly. Like there was like a player who we knew was in the portal and it was like, he didn't show up and it was like the thinnest line through but anyway, it's paid off because everyone's talking about Jalen Griffin. Mikey mentioned him. JRP mentioned him. Chip Lindsay mentioned him. And they're all like, yep. he's doing great. So 
Jalen Griffin being what Kavanamad could not. We love, we love to see it. We do, we do. Um, yeah, I mean, this the spring game is fast approaching, and like I just I really need it. Fast. Oh, it's less than a month in it. Yeah, it's My like it's got very high pitched. It's like two weeks. No, not two weeks. Three weeks from Saturday, I think. If I'm looking at, I think that's right. Right, that is right. Yeah, that three is weeks from Saturday. Fun. We're gonna be able to tell nothing from it, but it will still be fun. I'm gonna. I've said this multiple times. I'm gonna determine so much from the spring game. That's all gonna. It's gonna inform like my opinions in the dumbest ways. And when it comes to like picking our players of the year, I'm gonna be like, this guy looks so good in the spring <laughs> game. He's definitely my player of the year. So we're gonna get. We're gonna get that from it. Um, game of the week. We talked about uh, UCF women's basketball, who I guess now their season's over, of course, but they were dominating game of the week for a while. I think it was just there was a lot of tension there. But UCF softball is in the midst of a, a good season so far. They're 26 and 7, and they're ranked 23rd in two polls and 24 in two other polls. They start uh, AAC play this weekend in Tampa against South Florida, who is 28 and 7. They just dropped out of uh, some of the polls after a little bit of a rough weekend last weekend, but they're a very good team. Uh, those three games, they play Friday at 4 o'clock. I'm going to try to get out to that one for at least a little bit. Saturday at 6 o'clock and Sunday at 4 o'clock. So big series this weekend. You'd love to see UCF. You know, it's funny. It's it's with – I think it's – I've heard it more so with baseball, I think, but I think it's probably the true with softball too. They always say like a 40 – like 40 wins will get you in the tournament. It's, UCF has 26 already. I mean, haven't they won like 15 in a row or something crazy? They basically stopped losing a while ago. Yeah, they did. They haven't, they haven't lost in a while, I don't think. I have a um, really good meme for Twitter if they beat USF. So, just uh, okay. Well, there's if there's, you, the, if there's all UCF the motivation. Softball, yeah, if anyone from USF softball is listening, that's what you need. Um, if you guys are also listening, I hope you're enjoying your new locker room. I'm sorry about my comment about how you don't need a scoreboard. I apologize. But anyway. I I will publicly disagree and say that you do need a new scoreboard. Although they, probably, I mean, I don't know if they care. I, mean, I guess they'd like to see any of their faces up there when they're gets, up to gets that the job, stuff, Gets but, the job done either way. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not like this one doesn't work. It's just, you know, the baseball one's very bright now. So, yeah. Um, I gotta get out there and check out that new video board when I get Oh, there. you haven't seen it yet? Not in person. I don't know why I said in that voice like I've seen it in person. I, that, <laughs> I, uh, I, no, you I, haven't seen it. I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, let's go I've to a baseball by, game. I've driven by it. But, when are, yeah, is there a, are you coming to town for the spring game? Yeah. Is there a baseball game well, that weekend? There are. Yeah, they play ECU that weekend. We are at UCF? Yeah. Let's go to a baseball game. Yeah, that was, I was, I don't know if I've mentioned that to you, but yeah, that was my plan. I guess I was silently my plan is that I wanted to go to a game. And if you were there or not, <laughs> you're like, this is not going to go. I didn't realize I wasn't invited to your, you know, silent baseball game. Not you were, well, no, you were silently invited. I just don't know if I ever actually <laughs> made that. <laughs> but uh, you were silently a, invited. Do you have a tweet of the week this week? I do have a tweet of the week. Okay, cool. It's a UCF football tweet. Oh, no. <laughs> just I'm just going to let the tweet speak for itself. Yeah, I got crap in me. I'm 56 years old, and I got crap in me. They'll tell me, oh, you're a little bit tired today. You don't bring your A game to practice. Bull crap! If you want... There you go. Hey, if, you, if you just if you just got startled and jumped or maybe like swerved on the road a little bit when you heard Gus Melzon scream bull crap right in your ear or throughout your car radio, I'm I'm sorry. His whole, when he says it, it's a video, his whole body like shakes like he's releasing an evil spirit. Like it's just like bull crap. Like it came. Well, I mean, he said he had a lot of crap in him. Maybe he was releasing <laughs> something else. I don't know. It, it was, was uh, fantastic. I, I listen, I've watched that video twice. And I'm still not totally sure what Gus is trying to say to the team, but like it was just, it was re- really good. Hey, he's really passionate about it, whatever he's saying. But it's funny because you we got on here to record and you're like, have you seen the UCF football video? And I was like, no. And you're like, oh, it's become a big thing. And I was like, oh gosh, what happened? You get a tattoo? And I had to, yes. Did I know that? I don't know, but I'm sorry. I Bailey just went to brush his hair and I saw a tattoo on his arm. So, you know, this is what you come to the Pegasus podcast for is just random life updates. No one's listening anymore. (laughs) You're all, you guys all leave at the start of the news anyway. So, I don't think there's 12 of you here. (laughs) Is that still the case? No, it's actually, it's actually not. Okay, good. Um, Since we shortened the news into three notable things and we've, we've done better there. We've done better when we more inside, more inside baseball. Yeah. More inside baseball for this. The less we talk about the other sports, the more you guys listen. So it's uh, it's been great. That severely angers me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Care about the other sports, please. We've done a million times. Um, But anyways, we'll be back next week with episode 66 of the Pegasus podcast. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.